This podcast discusses events of a sensitive nature. Listener discretion is advised. This is not an easy one to record. The year is 2019. The date is the 9th of April. 9th of April 2019. We join Ivy Wageshi in the town of Eldoret in Kenya's Rift Valley. Eldoret is a beautiful town with a rich history and Ivy and her classmates are at the Moy University School of Medicine main campus. It's 10.30 a.m. and her and her colleagues are headed towards a clinical class. They are probably dressed well. Medical students, after all, have to dress really smartly when they're headed probably to the wards. And they were probably chatting amongst themselves, unaware that in just a few seconds, their lives were to change drastically. In a few seconds, Ivy would be lying dead on the ground, surrounded by a pool of blood, and all her friends would be witnesses to a brutal murder. Welcome to episode two of season two of Murder, Shiro. It has been a while. (laughs) This is becoming like an anthem. Um, I have been so busy with um, other various other projects. It's taken me a while to record this episode. On top of that, this episode is not an easy one to record. The person, I don't like to use the word victim, the person who was murdered. She was a sixth year medical student at the Moy University School of Medicine. She was right on the cusp of becoming a doctor. Her picture was plastered all over the news in the weeks and in the days and weeks following her murder. And it's easy to tell she's a beautiful young woman with a very bright future, whose life was cut short so unceremoniously um, because of the very public nature of the murder. The arrest of the suspected killer was rather swift. So let's go back to the campus of the Moy University School of Medicine, located in Eldoret, a beautiful town in the heart of Kenya's Rift Valley. Ivy is a sixth year medical student and her and her classmates, her friends probably, are walking towards the hospital for a clinical lesson. They are accosted by an individual who is no stranger to Ivy and no stranger to her friends. I won't dignify his existence by naming him. This individual and Ivy were in school together in Thika, another town in another part of central Kenya where the two of them grew up. 
for a brief period of their primary schooling, they were classmates and they kept in touch in the years after school. It seemed that this individual had a sweet spot for Ivy. Having once told his mother, after showing his mother a picture of Ivy, this is when they are all grown up, this individual had shown his mother a picture of Ivy and said that he would marry her. Msichana, kuna siku alinionyesha kwa simu. Kaniambia nataka nikifaulu ni mmuoe. Eh, lakini sasa tena wakaenda hivyo wakakosana. But his mother later reports that at some point their relationship was on the rocks. The nature of their relationship is difficult to establish. It is clear from research that they knew each other. They communicated frequently on mobile phone and this individual claims to have sent Ivy money on several occasions. Most recently, right before her murder, because unfortunately Ivy was killed a day to her 25th birthday, which was to be on the 10th of April, 2019. And because she had an upcoming birthday and she had communicated this to the suspect, he claims to have sent her some money. But other reports from her friends indicate that Ivy was not very receptive of this individual's advances, at least in the period right before her death. They say that he used to be threatening, stalkerish, and one friend is even reported to have advised her to talk to the police, which she didn't do. Anyway, after sending her money for her birthday, he then took a trip to Eldoret to try and see her. But it is said that she rebuffed that visit. She rebuffed him during the visit, and he was rather upset. It was the Friday before she was killed. He, it is also claimed that he tried to call her and she wasn't answering her phone and that by all accounts it seems that she was avoiding him. The suspect then returned to Eldoret a few days later and this was on the 9th of April and again attempted to make contact with Ivy and it seemed that she wasn't receptive and that is when he committed one of the most heinous acts I personally have ever heard. He went to a nearby shop. He bought and sharpened an axe and a knife. He returned to the Moe University School of Medicine grounds, found Ivy and proceeded to attack her with the axe. Witness accounts say that the suspect struck Ivy several times with a sharpened axe and she fell down and died very shortly afterwards. Two key witnesses from the defense side narrated that they saw the accused brutally attack Ivy Wangeshi with an axe just outside the Moi Teaching and Referral Hospital, Eldoret. He went to where her head was and he reached about this axe and brought it down on her. 
and then he lifted it a second time, and this one fell on her head. And this alone actually her body shifted. Dr. Andrew Koinange is one of the two key witnesses who positively identified the accused. Dr. Koinange was her classmate in their sixth year at the School of Medicine. Just had it make impact. So she fell towards my side and I jumped back. This attacker uh, lifted up uh, this, what I thought was around at the time. And at this point now, I actually really went to grab it from him. But then he faced me and he lifted it towards me. And then I noticed that it was an axe. Enraged members of the public, including border border transportation people, people who, um, for anyone who isn't familiar, border border are motorcycle taxis that are very popular in towns in Kenya. And they were in the area. The place where the attack happened was a very public place. So after the attack, the members of the public turned on the suspect and literally beat him to within an inch of his life. There's actually very brutal video footage of him staggering after being brutally beaten by the crowd. It was only the intervention of the police who came and took him away and took him into custody and began their investigations. A heartbreak occasioned by frequent disappointments is the key reason he fatally hacked to death 25-year-old Ivy Wangeshi outside the Moi Teaching and Referral Hospital. A revelation to Eldorad East Senior Detective Ali Kingi. However, friends who knew Wangeshi say she was a lady of impeccable character. Msichana alikuwa amemweleza kwa yuko na birthday party yake na akamtumia mapeni kidogo lakini kutoka wakati alimtumia hizo pesa ikawa msichana apiki tena simu. Hiyo ndio ikamprompt yeye kuja mpaka Eldoret. Kuja aone ajue ni nini shida. Alipofika Eldoret kupigia msichana simu alipo Following the murder of Ivy, a lot of issues came up that reveal, I think in my opinion, a breakdown of the social fabric of our society. One of the things that was quickly dispelled as a rumor was that Ivy had infected the suspect with a disease and on the forums where it was discussed many individuals seemed to condone the attack or at least justify it but that was quickly dispelled even by the police that there is no evidence of any sort of disease infection. But I think the main thing that I would like to discuss is how this incident pitted men against women. Because at the time, 
and even I think still presently, that there's this general idea that women eat men's money. And the implication is that if a man spends money on you, then he is entitled to something from you, a relationship, accepting their advances, maybe, you know, marriage. It depends. And there were people that commented in the different forums that it was then justified or at least understandable that this young man was so upset that he brutally, publicly murdered the object of his affection. There were a number of disturbing comments that seemed to come from men. This first comment that I'm going to read is from the YouTube comment section of a news story of a press conference that was held by the parents and family of Ivy Wageshi. And in the news conference, Ivy's mother describes Ivy as she knew her and admonishes the people spreading rumors about her daughter. And in the comment section, one individual who goes by the name of Blessed254 says, the mom still doesn't see that her daughter was the aggressor in all this, and that's a problem. She would have used this tragedy to educate girls on healthy dating habits so that her daughter would not have died in vain. But she wants to play victim's mom. They were both victims, her daughter the aggressor, whose selfishness and greed, I think they meant right lead, but they've written lead. Anyway, led to the destruction of two very promising young people's lives. No one won. Okay. The same individual comments again in the same video and says, beautiful, intelligent girl with filthy heart using men for money. She thought it was a game. Now she's, she is six feet under. Vanity. Her mother accepted her gifts without asking where the money is coming from. Yet she knew her daughter was a student with no income. She should blame herself. The young man is a victim too. With a good lawyer, he can claim insanity and walk. That comment actually had two likes by the time I was um, taking a screenshot of it. I'll just read one last comment. This one is, this is a news story of court footage of this particular witness describing what happened or what he saw that day. And after watching that, or who knows, this commenter who goes by the name of Lovi, L-O-V, two Y's, says, this is in Kiswahili, and I'll translate. Says, He nifunzo kwa waschana wote, wenye kula pesa za machali wao, wakiwahanya ama kuwadharao, kuwadanganya, mtakoma. So, translated, this means that this should be a lesson to the girls who eat the money of their boyfriends and take them for granted and lie to them. You shall stop. 
This is a very dangerous narrative. I think it puts women at great danger. And I think it jeopardizes interactions, relationships between men and women. Are relationships wars? Are they battles? Does a man spending his money on you or buying you things or sending you money entitle him to anything from you? Why continue to spend money on someone if they're not responding to you in a positive way? As a woman in this country, and among all the different things that make women feel unsafe, there's also this wild dating. I will leave you with the same sentiment that I feel that I felt as I was researching this case and putting the information together. Tired, I am tired, and I'm sure many women in Kenya can relate. The trial is still ongoing. It is in its third year and has had many, many adjournments. Um, the suspect is still in police custody, but repeatedly applies to have bond granted so that he can be out out in the free world and fight his case from outside and it is my sincere hope that he never sees freedom Ivy Wageshi was a beautiful smart well-loved individual and may her soul rest in peace Thank you.